The Golden Girls debuted in 1985 and ran for seven seasons on NBC. The show was a snappy comedy and quickly became a cornerstone of the Peacock Network's Saturday Night lineup. Millions loved visiting with the four ladies from Miami each week. But how did the show end? While it was still popular or on its last legs? I'm Trevor Kimball, and we'll find out in the TV series finale podcast, Spotlight on the Golden Girls. Stay tuned. The idea for the sitcom is said to have come from NBC executive Brandon Tartikoff after he visited his senior citizen aunt. His aunt and her best friend and neighbor were constantly arguing and bickering with one another. But, underneath it all, he could see how much they truly cared for one another. Tartikoff thought it would be a great concept for a show and suggested it to the creator of the sitcom Soap, Susan Harris. Harris used that simple idea and created The Golden Girls. It was executive produced by her husband, Paul Junger Witt, and Tony Thomas through their joint company, Witt Thomas Harris. The series centered around four older women who lived in Florida together as they dealt with issues of aging, mortality, dating, sex, and more. The characters were played by a quartet of wonderfully talented veterans of both stage and screen. Beatrice Arthur, previously known to audiences as the Emmy Award-winning star of the Norman Lear sitcom Maud and the Broadway musical Mame, played substitute teacher and divorcee Dorothy Petrillo's Bornak. Dorothy was intelligent and forthright with her opinion, while frequently becoming the butt of jokes about her height and size. Sitcom veteran Betty White, best known for playing the Mary Tyler Moore show's happy homemaker Sue Ann Nivens, and appearing on game shows like her late husband's Password series, played the sweet and innocent Rose Lindstrom Nyland. Rose was well known for her sunny and ditzy personality, as well as long and contrived stories about her hometown, St. Olaf, Minnesota. Rue McClanahan, who'd worked with B. Arthur on Maud and with Betty White on Mama's Family, played the self-absorbed Blanche Elizabeth Hollingsworth DeVroe. Blanche was the owner of the house where they all lived and had a pension for dating and sleeping with a wide variety of men. Actress Estelle Getty, best known for her Broadway appearance in Torch Song Trilogy, rounded out the quartet as Dorothy's Sicilian mother, Sophia Spirelli Petrillo. Sophia was believed to have suffered from a stroke, and as a result, would usually speak her mind in overly sarcastic and caustic ways. With such a wonderfully talented cast and creative team, it's no wonder that the Golden Girls became almost an instant success. I'll tell you about the first episode and which girl wasn't supposed to be a regular cast member after this. The pilot episode of The Golden Girls was first aired on Saturday, September 14, 1985. The first show was entitled The Engagement and centered around Blanche announcing her engagement to her boyfriend Harry, played by guest Frank Aletter. 
Rose and Dorothy are worried about where they'll live and feel uneasy about Harry. Meanwhile, Dorothy's mother, Sophia, arrives after her retirement home, Shady Pines, has burned down. Blanche's wedding doesn't go through when Harry is arrested. For bigamy. Blanche is crushed until she realizes the value of the family that she already has. Interestingly, there was another main character in the pilot episode. Coco was played by Charles Levin and was originally intended to be the housemate's gay cook. Sophia was intended to be a reoccurring guest, but the test audience reaction was so positive to the character that Estelle Getty's role was increased. Sophia took over the role of providing snappy comments and moved in with the girls full-time. Coco was never mentioned after the pilot episode. During its original run of 180 half-hours, the Golden Girls received 65 Emmy nominations, won 10 Emmy Awards, twice for Best Comedy Series, four Golden Globe Awards, and two Viewers for Quality Television Awards. All of the four actors won Emmy Awards for their performances on the show. All in the Family and Will and Grace are the only other shows to match this record. As might be expected, the series had a large number of writers over the years, in addition to series creator Susan Harris. The writing staff was quite consistent for the first four years of the show, headed by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman. After that, Laverne and Shirley writer Mark Sotkin took over as the head writer for the last three years, to varying success. Emmy Award winner Mitchell Hurwitz, who went on to create Arrested Development, wrote for the show for several years. Mark Cherry, who went on to create Desperate Housewives, was also a writer on the series and eventually became the showrunner in 1990. The sitcom was consistently and incredibly popular in the ratings in its first six seasons, landing in the top ten of the annual Nielsen ratings. But in the spring of 1990, 227, another one of NBC's popular Saturday night sitcoms, went off the air. NBC had a difficult time filling the now-vacant Saturday 8 p.m. time slot. As a last resort, they moved Golden Girls from its usual 9 p.m. slot to 8 p.m. As a result of the time change and inconsistent writing, the series fell to 30th place. It was during this season that B. Arthur decided that she wanted to leave the series. B. felt that they'd done all that they could with the characters and as was the case with her previous series, Maud, didn't want to stay on the air too long. Well, all good things must come to an end. Though many thought that the Golden Girls could continue for another season or two, B. Arthur and many audience members weren't interested. So how did it end? Well, I'll tell you about it after this. On Saturday, May 9th, 1992, NBC aired the last episode of The Golden Girls, entitled One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. And here's what happened. Blanche makes a date on the evening her wealthy Uncle Lucas, played by guest Leslie Nielsen, is due to arrive in town for a visit. She's desperate to find someone else to spend time with him. Rose and Sophia aren't biting. So she tells Dorothy that Lucas is dying to meet her and wants to take her to dinner. 
Blanche tells Lucas the same sort of thing, and it works. Once on the blind date at Don's Crab House, Dorothy and Lucas are both completely bored. They eventually discover that they've both been duped by Blanche and decide to have their revenge by pretending to be madly in love. The next morning, Dorothy tells her housemates what a wonderful and romantic evening she had with Lucas. Moments later, Lucas arrives with flowers and proposes to Dorothy, and she accepts on the spot. None of the ladies can believe it, especially Blanche. That night in the kitchen, Blanche, Rose, and Sophia discuss the news. Blanche is upset that it will be Aunt Dorothy spending her final years at the rich family Hollingsworth Manor, and not her. Sophia is thrilled that she'll have a rich son-in-law until Blanche suggests that maybe they won't want Sophia around. Rose has realized that they'll all be related except for her, and she worries that she's not going to fit in. Outside, Dorothy and Lucas returned from a pretend date. They actually attended a hardware convention and decide to tell the ladies that they'd been necking. Lucas offers to smear Dorothy's lipstick to complete the deception, and both seem to enjoy their pretend kiss. The next evening, Sophia tries to ingratiate herself with her future son-in-law by dressing up like a maid from the Old South. Rose announces that since Dorothy and Sophia will be moving to Atlanta, she's going to move in with her daughter Kristen. Blanche cries out that the couple is destroying their family and runs to her room. Alone, Dorothy and Lucas agree that the charade has just gone too far and agree to break up. Before they do, Lucas thanks Dorothy for the past few days. It's the happiest he's been since his wife died. Dorothy tells him that she's really enjoyed it, too. It feels like they've known each other for a long time. Blanche, Rose, and Sophia re-enter the room, and Blanche admits that she'd been selfish. She believes that their falling in love has been a miracle, that two dear people who've been afraid to reach out have found each other and fallen in love, and she happily toasts their union. Lucas starts to speak and then surprisingly proposes to Dorothy for real. Dorothy is shocked, but very happily accepts. Sophia watches on in confusion and says, Is it my stroke, or did they do this already? Flash forward to two months later. Lucas and Dorothy finally have some time for a private moment together on the day before their wedding. Their kiss is interrupted by the flash of Sophia's instant camera. As Lucas leaves, she says, quote, You know, Pussycat, I think he's just crazy enough to show up at the wedding tomorrow. End quote. The four ladies spend some time together in the kitchen in their final evening as housemates. Sometime later in the evening, Blanche and Rose meet on the patio because neither can sleep. Rose is upset because Dorothy insists that they not have a big goodbye, but Rose needs it. Blanche and Rose talk and hug, and Sophia pops out and takes a Polaroid photo, thinking it's the betrothed happy couple. She's shocked and jokingly says, quote, What is this, Wimbledon? End quote. The three ladies sit, and Rose tells them that she's worried that she won't be needed at her daughter's house. Sophia tells her that she knows where she's needed, right here in the house with Blanche. 
After some heartfelt coaxing, Rose agrees to stay. After Blanche and Rose have left, Sophia looks at the photo she'd just taken and wistfully says, quote, Goodbye, my girls. End quote. The next day, all of the housemates are dressed and ready for the wedding. They all look lovely, especially the bride. A limousine unexpectedly arrives to take Dorothy to the church. She assumes that Lucas has sent it, but it turns out that it's being driven by her ex-husband, Stanley Zvornak, played by Herb Edelman. It seems like he's kidnapping her on her wedding day, but it's actually his wedding gift to the one woman he will always love. Dorothy arrives at the church on time and walks down the aisle, escorted by her mother. Along the way, we get to hear each of the characters' private thoughts. The wedding goes well, and Dorothy is happily married to Lucas, the man she truly loves. Later, as Dorothy does some final packing in her room, Sophia tells her that she's decided to stay with Rose and Blanche. She feels that she was in the way during Dorothy's first marriage, and that the newlyweds need their time alone together. Sophia tells Dorothy that it's been a privilege to be able to be her friend as an adult, and that she wants to stay because she's needed with Blanche and Rose. Lucas comes to put Dorothy's last suitcase in the car, and the four women prepare to say their farewells. It's an awkward moment, and no one quite knows what to say. They're all very upset. As Rose says, quote, what can you say about seven years of fights and laughter, secrets, cheesecake, end quote? They break down and hug each other in a big group hug. Dorothy walks to the door, and Rose asks, Dorothy, is this goodbye? Dorothy nods and turns to them all and says, I love you, always. She walks out the door and is gone until she bursts back through the door and embraces them all again. She leaves them again, saying, You're angels, all of you. The girls stare at the door, waiting, and hoping she'll come back through it again. But she doesn't. She comes in through the side entrance and hugs them all yet again. She leaves once again, saying, You'll always be my sisters. Always. The three wait for Dorothy to come back again, looking around in nervous anticipation. But it doesn't happen. They realize that Dorothy's gone for good and embrace each other in tears. The familiar theme music rises as the screen fades to black. End of series. On a side note, it's been rumored that the episode ended with a montage of scenes and images from past episodes. That's actually not true. The credits rolled, as they usually do, over an image from the episode, in this case, the wedding ceremony, with the traditional Golden Girls theme music. And that was the end of the Golden Girls. Or was it? Tune in next time for the answer. That's all for now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or other podcast software. And visit tvseriesfinale.com for the latest cancellation news, to read about the last episodes of your favorite shows, to do some Amazon shopping, and much, much more. I'm Trevor Kimball, and until next time, stay tuned.